32GI. Leading sports nutrition provider. Focused on health and performance. 32GI. Trusted sports nutrition advisors. Welcome back to 32GI Sports Nutrition. I'm Mr. Active David Katz. It is August still. We are still looking at fat, and this one is for the athletes because we've talked about banting in a previous podcast, and, and a lot of athletes have tried to move to a more fat-based as opposed to carbohydrate diet. But, Mark, for people out there who don't quite understand, what or how do you become fat efficient? What are the benefits of it? And then another question I have is for the long distance sort of endurance athletes, can you run only on fat? Um, sure. It's quite a, a comprehensive uh, and debatable subject. But to be quite honest, I think, uh, if, you know, for me, a, a fat efficient athlete is an athlete that has the ability to exercise and utilize a higher percentage of fat, in other words, oxidize a higher percentage of fat during exercise, probably at, if he's really, really fat efficient at higher intensities than the average person. Uh, the, the, there are many benefits to that, and, and one of them is actually is an actual fact, is, uh, is, is if you're a carbohydrate-dependent person, you need to feed yourself carbohydrates during exercise, because if you don't, and you don't know how to tap into those, uh, those fat stores and utilize those as energy, you will obviously feel that dip, which we call the wall, or we call it bonking when your glycogen stores are depleted. Um, the whole purpose of, of, of being fat efficient is to try and get away from that and to try and maximize um, utilizing as much fat as possible during exercise. And I'll give you a, I'll give you a very, very simple um, example of, of how an athlete could feel under both circumstances. I mean, the one I just mentioned now is, uh, and it's a terrible feeling, is when you Obviously, carbohydrate depleted, your glycogen stores drop, and your body needs to switch its engine over now into more of a fat-burning engine. It slows down the gears. It allows more oxygen into the system. That process takes a fair amount of time. It is a period of pain and suffering um, that a lot of athletes just stop. They don't want to go on. They, If you're cycling, you can't even feel the pedals. If you're running, you can't even feel your legs. It's a terrible feeling, and nobody likes to get there. But um, a fat-efficient athlete will transition from one to the other quite seamlessly. And, uh, I mean, I myself feel it as well. If I know that I've pushed very hard in a high intensity, I feel that drop, that switch over from glycogen sort of to fat. And, and what actually happens, though, is that, yes, you do feel a little bit slightly weaker. You know that you've got to drop those gears a little bit and you keep going. But you understand that you're not going to feel the pain of, of – uh, of actually being uh, of what a carbohydrate dependent would uh, person would feel like you don't feel that pain at all it's a seamless transition and i actually get a smile on my face why because i know that i'm burning off fat and i'm burning loads of it and to me it's like okay well i'm, I'm in a fat burn zone now let's just burn the fat and and it's a nice feeling and another example is is that a, a very fat efficient person or fat efficient athlete can do something quite simple and i did this a couple of weeks ago uh, when i was training for roth i woke up one morning I had a 36-kilometer run. I had a cup of green tea, and I went, and I ran 36 kilometers. I came home. I felt very comfortable and stable, and I went, and I had my recovery meal. I did not need any fuel en route. And, you know, people say to me, oh, well, you ran very, very slowly, whatever. I ran that around 440 pace, which isn't – it's not excessively slow. It's not a, a very fast pace, but it was a very controlled and comfortable pace, which allowed me, obviously, to get enough oxygen into my system – 
to uh, allow me to tap into my fat stores and not have to rely on carbohydrates for that period of time. And for some people, that's a very, very daunting thought. How can I go and exercise and not eat before and not eat during? And it's a crazy thing. But you can train the body to become very efficient at not relying on so many external sources. Of course, when we race, even a minimalistically fueled athlete, when we race and we raise that intensity, you do need to look at a fuel source and you do need to tie that fuel source into the intensity that you're racing at. So obviously, if you're racing at an extremely high intensity and oxygen is limited, you do need to take in a carbohydrate, which is releasing at a, as a, at a, at a quicker rate, which is getting into the system to help spare glycogen. But if you're racing at a lower and more controlled pace, you don't have to overdo it with the carbohydrates. You can look at a lower intake of carbohydrates and you can try and utilize carbohydrate feed, but simultaneously also make sure that your body has got a nice uh, ability to be able to burn fat, I would say simultaneously, or even try to burn fat a little bit more in order to be able to spare glycogen um, for, for a lot longer than somebody who would have to just eat carbohydrates all the time in order to be able to spare glycogen during exercise. Mark, as an athlete who is sort of has become more fat efficient, when you do take those carbohydrates, do you find that that sort of benefit is, is bigger than someone who is still sort of more carb-based in their diet? It's a very interesting question because one of the things that does happen when I am extremely fat efficient and I'm eating a lower carb diet, because I, I actually do what's called carbohydrate periodization. I periodize. I take in the carbs when I need them. And when I don't need them, I don't take them in. So I, I, I work that way. I use carbohydrates more for recovery and energy, um, but I take in only what I require. The problem is, is that when I'm extremely fat efficient and while I'm gearing up to a big event, like when I was gearing up for Roth right now, I had to train my stomach to adapt to carbohydrate or higher carbohydrate intake during the event. And initially, your stomach is extremely sensitive because you don't metabolize carbohydrates as somebody who eats carbohydrates all the time. So you need to train your gut. And that discomfort after a week or two weeks, it eventually starts to go as long as you're training yourself uh, for that. So I would say that um, once that stomach is trained and that discomfort's gone, there definitely, definitely is a benefit in me being able to consume carbohydrates during a, especially a long endurance event. Because your glycogen stores, I mean, the race I did a couple of weeks ago was nine hours and 52 minutes. It's a long time to be out there. But at some stage, your body is not going to have any glycogen left and it's going to switch to a, 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 a more of a fat fuel source in order to be able to fuel the body. And the thing is, is that how seamless is that going to be? The more fat efficient you are, the better it is. And you don't have to take in a fortune or a large amount of nutrition in order to be able to support that. I think the problem is, is that people are afraid of their own natural energy stores, and they tend to mitigate their own natural energy stores or try to uh, utilize them efficiently, let me say, um, and then they start to rely on external sources way too much. Some people in, in excess, which does cause digestive issues, and, and some people maybe a little bit too little uh, because they're not fat efficient enough. And I'll give you a simple example again is that, um, you know, uh, we, we sponsor a lot of comrades, uh, marathon uh, elite athletes, and uh, some of the professional athletes that I've, that I've measured their fuel intake en route, and I mean, I've fed them personally, as, uh, and these are guys that are doing anywhere between five and a half to six hours of comrades, even under five and a half hours. It's a very fast pace. But some of these guys, their carbohydrate intake is maybe only anywhere between 25 to maybe 45 grams of carbs per an hour. Uh, they do take in some protein as well. But I mean, that is at the pace they're going and for the time they're going and for the distance they're going. 
that is very minimal fueling. It's it's a, it's 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 minimal fueling. But a runner needs needs a runner a runner's stomach is far more sensitive to that than a guy on a, uh, on a bicycle, um, and and a runner can get away with far less intake than than say a cyclist. They don't need to eat the same. The digestive system is a lot more stable on a bicycle, for example. Mark, lastly, before we wrap up, you know, we talked about fat efficient, but. And, and what it means and what it is. But how exactly does one transfer to become more fat efficient? I think that's, the, that's the, really the, 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 the pinnacle of, of trying to understand how do you become more fat efficient. So firstly, I, I need to say this. If, if you are somebody that does eat a lot of carbohydrates, maybe before or during exercise, there's absolutely no chance you're going to go on a, a two-hour session and not take in any fuel. Because if you do that, you are going to hit the wall. I mean, there's no doubt. Um, so I think that's one thing we need to look at is you can't jump from being a, a fuel-depending person and then suddenly jump into, I'm only going to go on water for the next couple of hours. It's just not going to happen. And I've seen athletes try and do it, and it just they get burnt. So how do you train yourself to become more fat efficient? I think the first thing you need to do is, like, uh, one of the things that I actually advocate is if you're going to get up early in the morning to train and your exercise session is, like, an hour or under – don't have anything before. Just stick to water. Don't don't put any carbs. Don't put any sugar. Stick to water. Have some green tea or have a black coffee. Keep it out and and actually go and train on empty. But then obviously you need to focus on the recovery. And those are short short workouts. And those can happen quite quite regularly. Um, you know, if somebody's scared of going an hour, then start off with half an hour workouts or forty five minute workouts. And slowly over time, you need to build that up. You build it up to an hour, an hour and a quarter, an hour and a half. But eventually, your body will adapt to. To being able to train or exercise on, on, uh, on, on, on much less, and you will burn off a lot more fat. If you take in a, a, a sort of high carbohydrate meal before going and training for an hour session, you will put a, you, you cause a, a, a rise in blood glucose in your system, and your body will burn that off way way before it gets to the fat. So if you're actually looking from a weight loss perspective or from a fat burn perspective, uh, better to train on empty. Um, then to then to obviously uh, go and load your system with carbohydrates um, uh, beforehand, and um, and the other thing I want to say is yes, you still need to hydrate. So I mean, you could use a uh, a hydration drink, or you can just go with straight water, but uh, but uh, you will adapt it slowly over time. So I always tell people slowly, slowly start to increase uh, the time uh, based on the feeling. Don't do, and do it immediately, and you will find that over a couple of weeks or a couple of months, you become extremely fat efficient and you're able to actually train for much longer periods on a lot less. But diet plays a very, very critical role. Um, if you, Another simple example is if you go to bed the night before and you eat an extremely high uh, carbohydrate or uh, you, even if you have too much steak, for example, the night before and your blood glucose is quite high by the next morning, you, you might be in a fasting zone, but there might still be uh, a little bit of blood glucose still sitting in your system again you're already at a disadvantage for burning fat because your blood glucose levels are higher and you're going to have to burn that off before you even get to, to, to burning off fat. So uh, I think that's a, that's a very simple example. So, so baby steps, start easy, watch your diet, watch your eating, and, uh, and then start to move into that direction. Well, thanks, Mark. Mark, well, joining us uh, on Skype once again this week. And uh, if you want to reach Mark, ask him more questions, do log on to the website, 32gi.com, or email coach at 32gi.com. That's it from this week. From myself, Mr. Active, David Katz, Fat Month ends next week. It's our last week, and it wouldn't be a fat month if we didn't look at weight loss. So do tune in next Thursday with Mark Wolf and myself. 32GI. Leading sports nutrition provider.
focused on health and performance. 32GI, trusted sports nutrition advisors.